Hi, this is the Shades of Green podcast. My name's Bryant Williams. I'm the I'm the Lucy to Juanita Garcia's Peppermint <laughs> Patty. She is not a Peanuts fan, so she is not amused. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Welcome. This is uh, Juanita Garcia. I'm very excited to introduce our guests uh, from Project Exploration. Uh, so Kiara Bird and... Jacqueline, or Jackie as I know her, <laughs> Carmichael. Welcome. Hi. Thanks. Thank you so much for having us. us. Yeah. So I'm a big, I've been a big fan of Project Exploration for quite a while. And I even, you know, when I first heard about the organization, I kind of tracked them down to try and find out what you guys were. But I don't think you guys have as big of a platform as you should. So can one of you tell me what Project Exploration is and kind of the work that you do? Yeah, sure. So <clears throat> we're a science STEM uh um, science, technology, engineering, and math-based uh, nonprofit that provides out-of-school time programming for minority youth and girls in Chicago public schools. We started in 1999 mm-hmm. by a science educator and a paleontologist that saw a huge gap in STEM enrichment. Um, mm-hmm. At that time, science, STEM has become the kind of, you know, the word to en- like encompass it all. Yeah. Um, it, it, they saw a big gap in terms of STEM enrichment in the uh, certain neighborhoods in Chicago and related to you know the suburbs or the more affluent um, neighborhoods and schools in Chicago. So they wanted to help bring real-life, hands-on science experiences to minority youth and girls, hence you know our, our phrase, changing the face mm-hmm. of science. Um, also recognizing that there's a huge lack of diversity in STEM careers, both gender-based as well as racially and minority-based. Mm-hmm. It's mostly white men that you think of when you think of a mm-hmm. technology person or you think of a scientist. So um, they started that by creating programs, um, which we've continued today. And then also back then they used to take um, the paleontologists used to take the students out to digs in the national parks, Montana. Um, I think at one point they went to Africa, things like that, to really show the students real life science, not just what you see on TV or what um, what, you know, they may have they may see, but not think that they can actually do. So. PE is based in Bronzeville, correct? I mean, you're officed in Bronzeville, but you have a number of different locations that you yes. work at, Kiara? Yeah, so, um, yes, our office is right, um, actually located in a, a daycare center um, in the Bronzeville area, but we are, we focus on marginalized communities, as Jackie has mentioned. So um, our communities are Bronzeville, Kenwood, Logan Square, Austin, Garfield Park, and I think that's... And we have nine Pilsen. programs in total in Pilsen as well. And this summer we're also adding Back of the Yards. Yes. Awesome. Yay. Yeah. I love Back of the Yards. It's one of my favorite organizations in the, in the Back of the Yards, right? Yeah, so, so uh, I grew up in the Back of the Yards. And then, you know, even you got to stop by. Yeah. <laughs> so you um, started in 1999, you said, right? Yes. Um, how long have you been with the organization, Jackie? So I was a teacher for four years, one year in Phoenix, and then three years in Chicago Public Schools. And okay. then I joined Project Exploration after that time in June of 2014 what, as um, the summer coordinator. What CPS school were you at, if you all my mask? Oh, so it was actually a charter school within the CPS system, per, okay. uh, Perspectives Charter School, oh, okay, the cool. Jocelyn Campus okay. in the South Loop. Okay. So I started off working with animals, (laughs) and then um, I had an epiphany that I wanted to get into education. So um, I want to say after I was at Anti-Cruelty Society, Mm -hmm. I decided to just go into um, science education. So Mm -hmm. then I started as a STEM facilitator at three schools um, that we were at at that point in time. And then I got promoted to program coordinator last April. So it's been a year for me. Very cool. Congratulations. But I did start September 2014, so me and Jackie kind of started in the same year, but she... 
knew more when I came. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I came on as the summer coordinator. So um, Saida Taylor, who is the previous uh, director yeah. of programs that Bryant, uh, Bryant knows and Juanita has met as well, yeah. um, she brought me on as the summer coordinator. Um, and it was kind of like a test, like not like really a test, but kind of to see because I had come from the teaching field and this was kind of new. Right. I had curriculum experience. I had classroom management, but taking that to the out of school time yeah. is kind of a, it's a different realm. Yeah. Um, so not only a test for me to see is this, was this a career path I wanted to go down and then also for the organization to see if I would work. Um, and very luckily I Took to it pretty well, in my opinion. And got brought on officially as the program manager in cool. September of that same year, 2014, which is when I started working with Kiera um, as her, her being one of my uh, STEM facilitators. And last, starting in July, officially in September of last year, I was promoted to program director. Okay. Um, let's take a step back for a second. So you... Um were you in school in Arizona? Like, how were you? How'd you get to Phoenix to work as an educator down there? Oh, so um, I I graduated college and I graduated officially and finished my student teaching in December of two thousand nineteen two thousand nine. Okay, um, and. <laughs> You know, as a teacher, you know, the big hiring phase is in September. So I had about a six-month or so wait before that kind of came up. So I did a little bit of subbing and just applying for jobs and things like that and got a little discouraged because there wasn't that much available in Illinois. And at the time, I was not able to move into Chicago. I wasn't, you know, fiscally able to move into Chicago, which is a requirement as a Chicago public school teacher. So that just wasn't really an option at the time. And I wasn't aware of the possibilities of charter schools at the time. So I started applying like 23 and unattached and <laughs> my parents will let me come back if I need to. And I was like, Hey, why not apply around the country? And you know, the great thing about the internet is there's all these opportunities and, and postings for all yeah. over the country. So I started posting in areas that I'd be comfortable in. So right. I have family in California. So I applied there. Um, my grandmother lived in Arizona. So, you know, how can you not love the sunshine there? Mm-hmm. You know, um, East coast, I very much love uh, Massachusetts and Boston and just places I thought I'd be comfortable. Um, and one day I got a phone call asking for a phone interview for Phoenix. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to take a lunch break during my day camp job <laughs> over the summer, and I'm in my car and like doing my first phone interview. So it was real awkward. Um, and I was on the phone, and three hours later, they called me back and said, "We would love to have you. Can you be out here in two weeks?" Um, so, wow. yeah. <laughs> so out of oh, with the help of my amazing parents, um, Fran and Jim, uh, they have friends down there that own apartments so oh, nice. it all okay. worked out really well and okay. mom and I packed up the car in a week and a half later and drove down and <laughs> that was quite an adventure I knew yeah. no one at the time I knew no one at the school um, but it was a very I was ready to work because I wanted to work in urban education and mm-hmm. <clears throat> where I was working in Phoenix was very much the demographics of of Chicago, but more percentage of, sure. of Latinos, uh, sure. as you know, as you can guess due to the geographic location than African Americans, mm-hmm. but same kind of socioeconomic level, same struggles, you know, gang pressures, all those kinds yeah. of things. So it, it really prepped me to come back. And I came back due to, uh, in a year, I had a great time there. I met amazing people who I still talk to today, and it's a great vacation spot. Um, <laughs> but I, I always wanted to come back, and uh, I knew my my official career would be in, in Chicago. Sure. Um, so I actually... Actually, my I had, my dad had um, health issues that I wasn't able to come home for, and then just kind of, just really kind of 
tore me up a little bit. So I was like, all right, that's it. Like, I love this, but I got to go home. Um, And it turned out really great because I ended up working for a prospective charter school the next school year, met amazing people who are still some of my best friends and prepped me for to now work for a project exploration. So (laughs) it's kind of like a, you know, kind of like a detour. It was like a a post-college finding myself while I have a real job. Um, It was my first time ever living alone. Where'd you go to college? Eastern Illinois University I graduated from. All right. And, uh, I also had two years at Butler University. Still a big fan, but it just wasn't the right fit. You know yeah. what? We're, I think we had uh, touched base on that last time we met. So we're going to just segue away from that because I think we're going to get into – it may bring us to football talk. And oh. I don't want <laughs> us to well, right go Right now it's going to go to basketball talk, and my poor team got kicked out of the Sweet 16. So oh. it's okay. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so um, <clears throat> were you a science educator while you were in college? Were you a science educator? Uh, in or, college? I mean, I'm sorry, not in college, um, in – and uh, and when you were a teacher, yeah, you, you taught sci- the sciences or yes. Um, so I was a biology major, biological sciences major with teacher certification from Eastern Illinois University. Okay. Um, uh, and I taught seventh and eighth grade, um, life science and physical science in Phoenix. Came back, um, got the job at the charter school, and with a charter school, they change your contract sure. every year, which means they can adjust your schedule. So I have taught every grade between sixth and twelfth, except tenth. Um, okay. Uh, and at while well, I was at the charter school, I taught sixth grade earth science. Two years, but created two different curriculums for it, just like a change of style. Um, biology for both ninth and 11th grade, which is a little different. Yeah. Um, uh, environmental science, which is where I just fell in love. Awesome. And awesome. then um, I also got to teach anatomy, which was very exciting for me because I love my anatomy class yeah. in high school. So I was very excited to teach anatomy and show them, you know, how to cut up dead hearts and, you know, <laughs> and, and investigate. And then also all the, you know, it's a, it's a fun topic to teach high schoolers because, like, they, they get very surprised, mm-hmm. like, of all the things that are inside them and then, like, things that they're uncomfortable with, like, as an adult, like, you're teaching them. It's not a connotation of anything. It's you're teaching them and they get so uncomfortable. It's like kind of entertaining to watch. Um, But my (laughs) ultimate favorite was to teach seniors um, environmental science. Really? Yeah. Why, if that, if you don't mind my asking, what was that your favorite? Like, uh, it was a combination of I've always kind of like been an environmentalist. Like, I'm always yelling at my mom for using um, water bottles, and I'm like, Mom, I'm just gonna buy you one, and I'm gonna buy you a Brita. Um, I <laughs> like I always like was into recycling and kind of like. Um, being outside and appreciating nature. I mm-hmm. always like was outside with the boys in the neighborhood playing around and with the girls and like just um I've always loved nature and I I learn more about when I learn more about science I live I wanted to read more sure. about it and I always geared towards the life sciences for sure. Yeah. Um biology which which Kira and I have in common. We both just have a, a love for biology. Um and it just always like it always led eventually to like I wanted to learn more about climate change, and when I had the free time um, and the actual like work obligation that I had to learn more about environmental science to teach it, sure. it just fell so much more in love because like I just wanted to do so much more yeah. as a regular citizen. Like, what else can I do to help in this crisis of climate change? Of people not realizing like where your trash goes, and people yeah. not you know a simple task of recycling because. <clears throat> Like people can be lazy or something like that. Yeah. So I, I, and I love when I found that passion for it, teaching seniors, mm-hmm. which is a very overwhelming task in the first place because yeah. they're Senioritis on their way out. Has set in. Uh, yeah. Yes, yeah. Really, from that's like a real thing. from like March <laughs> and junior year, they have it. It's kind of incredible, and they. Um, 
they like I, it was so difficult at the beginning for them to be like, well, why do I have to take this? This mm-hmm. isn't a real science. I was like, okay, wait, yeah. let me show science. you. So I went like, back to yeah. the drawing board and had to do a lot of kind of soul searching, like how do I get them to care? And sometimes it's really going back to like having fun with it. So I took three days of class time and showed them the Lorax. And yes. it's such I love the Lorax. <laughs> yes. To this day, yeah. And it's the you know, the new one with like Ed Helms with the voice and stuff, yeah. who's just hilarious. And Danny DeVito, which is perfect. That was awesome, right? <laughs> like, it's incredible, right? <laughs> We're so I have to it. put a link to the Lorax on yes. the Yes. Yeah. So um they uh I think we talked about the Lorax. I'm sorry to cut you off. We talked no, about you're the Lorax fine. with another um guest a, a while back. I think that was the first environmental book. I mean, like I think that came out before um, the Silent Spring, and I'm, you know, I could look it up on Google to find out for <laughs> sure. But, you know, yeah, fact check me, folks. You know, but it was it was right. right around the same time. Yeah. And you're from Chicago's southwest suburbs, right? Yes. So I like, grew up in Tinley Park. <clears throat> so there's a lot of open space out that way, forest preserves, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I grew up so, going to forest preserves in Oak Forest, yeah. and like you know, it was very much like get outside, like enjoy nature, and also like exercise, family time. Like we would bike around. It was very, it's a very safe suburb. So you know, my parents would have us out in the in those open areas. They have recently just like opened up a new forest preserve, technically Orland Park, but right across the street from like where my my subdivision used to be. So yeah. very much open areas. Very cool. Yeah. Were your parents? Uh, did they consider themselves environmentalists or was it more open space? And no, it was more space? like open space being outdoors, like, and uh, kind of like my dad always liked us to be active. Mm-hmm. So my, they always had us in sports stuff outside yeah. on the weekends. No, you will not stay inside. Like they were very mm-hmm. much like, and obviously we didn't have as much keeping us indoors as like, um, you know, today, like yeah. phones and TV and stuff. We had TV, but um, it was it was very much like, no, you go outside, like on spring break, summer, no, you're outside, like you need to do something, right. um, whether it's like find a job or like do something to help neighbors or play with your friends. It was mm-hmm. always, always being outside, but very much more on like the interactive part, not necessarily the environmental part. Right. Uh, my mom's a nurse, so she's thoroughly a scientist. My dad, just really loved um, computers, but he he never would co- would have considered himself a scientist. So, <laughs> so Karen, what about you? You're you're from the Chicago area, yes, originally, right? So, what side of town are you from? Yeah, so Chicago? I'm from the South Side. Okay. Um, shout out to Chatham. All right, okay, yeah, Chance the I Rapper. Yep. yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so um, so my um, experience is pretty different um, because I basically grew up um, on the South Side. I didn't get a lot of exposure. To the outdoors, yeah. well, not outdoors, but like you know, open areas and things <laughs> like that. When I was growing up, so me being the science geek that I was, I was like, "Oh, I love animals. Who else loves animals?" <laughs> like, <laughs> so, where'd you go to high school? Morgan Park. Mor- oh, oh, you yes. one of those smart yards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so <laughs> from Morgan Park, you went to where'd you go to college? So I went to Western Illinois. Okay, yeah. Okay. So that was funny when um, down in Jackie Macomb, said, oh, a lot of family yeah, down so, that way. Yeah. Right. So. I, I got my first experience of like not being surrounded by the huge city and malls everywhere when I went down to Macomb and I was like, Mom, I hate this. It's only (laughs) (laughs) cornfields and cows and all that stuff. Um, But then I started to really um, appreciate um, nature and things like that because I I studied zoology. So that's why I was like, okay, I'm going straight into animals. and then I started with um, animal science. So they took us to the farms. And I was like, no, I'm getting dirty. Don't want to do it. <laughs> um, and then I was like, okay, I'm going to change it up to uh, psychology. So actually understanding like animal behavior and things like that. Yeah. Um, but then I actually took a really, really cool experience um, where we study ecological techniques 
for the Mississippi River. So nice. we were in Warsaw, Illinois. Yes. Siri yeah. didn't even know where I was. Like nope. me, my mom dropped me <laughs> off like Look, you're on your own. We're in the middle of trees. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> but it was actually really, really cool. Um, because I never went camping, like I never really had that. So like just being outdoors, um, understanding like where this leaf came from, like carving out a tree bark, like doing all that stuff. And I was like, it really got me, you know, to really appreciate our surroundings. And it, it was very pretty. And um, we got to play with, you know, the animals and snapping turtles and like get all the fish and did electric, uh, electroshocking, you know, fishing and stuff like that. So that was like my first experience. Like, oh, like, you know, I'm surrounded by people that do this all the time. And I'm like, look, I'm a straight up city girl. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing, but I definitely um, started to really like understand like, oh, OK, yes, this is why this is important and stuff like that. So, yeah, not until college. Um, and then I came back to the city like, oh, OK. So I really wanted to share that even though you guys don't have the opportunities or resources to like have this experience, just know that it is important. It is here for you. Sure. And like understanding like urban environments are definitely important for you to understand more. Right. So while you were in, <clears throat> excuse me, so you decided you studied zoology, correct? Mm-hmm. Um, animal sciences and yes. zoology. What did you want to do? Like, what was the plan? Like, you know, it's like you know, yeah. Everybody asked me that. They were like, "Oh, you want to be a zookeeper?" And I'm like, "Absolutely not." I uh, <laughs> I volunteered at Peoria Zoo. I, I did that, and I was like, "Yeah, no, this is not." Um, and, it, and a lot of people were like, "Oh, yeah, you want to be a veterinarian?" I was like, "Nope, that's 12 years of school. I don't want to do." Um, so it was very, it was really more broad. But I knew I wanted to care for animals. Mm-hmm. I knew I wanted to be part of that advocacy so like helping people understand like why animals you know are important how Mm -hmm. does it tie into just like the success of you know life in general um and then when i i started out in the like the medical side so like helping like with surgeries and stuff like that and then i went into animal care and then i went into education so yeah my uh my road (laughs) has been this way and that way and this way Are you a vegetarian? This- I am not a vegetarian. Okay, you right. can give me meat all the time, <laughs> and I will eat. <laughs> See? See? But I do appreciate, you know, I, I appreciate, you know, vegan food and things like that. Yeah, I mean, it's one thing to appreciate it, but you still have oh, to have yes. your place in the food chain, I understand, right? I understand the importance of everything. <laughs> <laughs> the food chain. Right? Yes, look, don't you dare. <laughs> the, bass me, mas- okay. the bass master is a, is a dominant species <laughs> Take me and put me in any you know any food web like I'm going to dominate. <laughs> We've had this conversation. We have. Brian understands. So how'd you? <laughs> so how'd you wind up hearing about PE? Um, I think I was. Um, like, and I, hold on one second. We, we're constantly saying PE, and then we were talking about going to Arizona. Like I keep thinking about the PE song. By the time I get to Arizona, like, am, I, am I wrong for thinking that? Like, so, but I'm sorry. How did you wind up hearing about that? Um, I was. <laughs> When's the first time you were introduced to a uh, Flavor Flav? Like that's what I want. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> On that show, that dating show, like I had, because you know I'm I'm young, but I didn't know like how important he was with this <laughs> clock, you know. <laughs> No, I used to watch the show too. We just, I, just, I just got it completely off, off track. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, Kiara, how were you introduced to uh, Project yes, Exploration? Um, so at um, when I was at Anti Cruelty Society, when I went the one downtown, educate, yeah, yeah. Okay, sweet, sweet. Yeah. Everybody, go check it out. They're cool. Um, 
when I was, so I was like usually like in the adoption center and the shelter and stuff like that. So I would like educate mm-hmm. um, the people that were coming in like, oh, what should I do to how to take care of an animal properly? So I really like enjoyed that. So I was like, maybe I should go more into humane education. So that was like my like idea because that's mm-hmm. the only education that exists because, you know, who, who knows that? <laughs> um, so I was like, oh yeah, humane education. And so then I saw on Indeed, it was saying STEM facilitator, you teach, you know, kids about STEM, you know, once a week, hands-on activities. I was like, oh, well, that's cool. Yeah. And then I always told myself, like, I never want to be a teacher. But still, I was like, this is probably, like, a good opportunity. Um, and so I started at uh, Woodson okay. in the Brownsville area. And I was at a meeting with Citizen Schools because that's the organization that we partner with for that sure. program. And I had an epiphany. And I was like, this is exactly <laughs> what I want to do, like, the kids, they all, like, light up, like, oh, my gosh, this is so cool. And I was like, yes, enjoy science. Be a science geek like me. (laughs) 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 So that's basically how I uh, got started. So I went uh, and so Saida interviewed me. um, And so I told her that um, in college I actually used to work at Disney World um, for the Disney College program, whatever they do for uh, colleges. And she was like, oh, you're hired. Like, I just (laughs) you worked at Disney. Like, I'm all for it. I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) But then, like, it's so crazy how the world like how life works and then when I told my mom about like yeah I applied you know for Project Exploration and she was like wait do they have a like a junior paleontologist program and I was like <laughs> I don't know you know and so then she was like no Kalina she, like she so my that, my older sister Kalina she was in the junior paleontologist oh, wow, program like, world, oh, yeah. yeah so like yeah, how it cool. connected and she was like yeah like and we used to email Gabe Lyon like all the time and I'm like why did you tell me this like, <laughs> <laughs> I could have been a shoe in and not trying to you know, Chicago's, people. <laughs> Chicago's the biggest little town in the world. Exactly. Everybody knows I, each other. Yeah. Yes. You know? Like they joke all like the time that I know so many people yeah. in Chicago wherever like, we go out. <laughs> so you mentioned Sida. I used to work with Sida's husband and okay. didn't even know. Like so when I was trying to track down a connection to Project Exploration, I wound up meeting her and then we had a um environmentalist of science uh environmentalist of color get together and she brought her husband. I was like didn't you used to work at EDI? It's like, oh my God, this is such a small world. You know? like, so yeah, we, right. it's like less than six degrees of separation here in Chicago yeah, at all totally. times. Oh so. no, we're more at like three. Exactly. Right? Yeah. <laughs> somebody always knows somebody. Like yeah. you dig long enough, it's like, oh, yeah. what? Like it's, yeah. yeah I, wait, I know way too many people now. I'm just like, put me in a yeah. box. <laughs> <laughs> so I was, oh, so I was, um, I kind of started working with uh, Project Exploration in a very small capacity, but I know Juanita, has been a, um, a very big supporter and a colleague of you guys in a lot of, in a lot of ways, specifically with the Girls in Science Project yeah, program. Sisters for Science. Sisters for Science. Um, I, well, I was just going to ask. You know, you you meet with so many people, STEM professionals. Is there sometimes that hurdle of of getting them to or help them with designing a hands-on activity? Because I mean, yeah. they know these things so well. Yeah. And yeah. on top of that, adapting it for an audience, a middle school audience, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, can be a challenge. Um, I know me personally had a <laughs> when I first worked with you. Uh, thank you, Jackie. <laughs> uh, and of course, you know I'm a big picture thinker, so you know I was thinking really huge. But it, she's like, okay, let's break this down. Um, but I'm kind of curious, like about that process and how you know because you want to harness that you know, the, these amazing scientists and STEM professionals that you yeah. meet, but can you talk a little bit about that process? Yeah. Well, yeah, besides, like, the work that we do at the 
project exploration and the you know amazing team that has worked in the organization previously, we do have like a, a scientist scientist toolkit, and it, oh, it does okay. go through exactly that issue because that is an issue consistently for us. Is yeah. how do you help someone that's so involved in the topic that they know and such an expert about it? How do you share that with especially middle school youth? Yeah, because it is it is it is a hard hurdle to get through, and it's like it, it's not it. Being a teacher, it's it's different than than be because like we know the subjects, but mm-hmm. I would never consider myself an expert as a teacher. You know, there were times where I had to like learn stuff, and that helps a lot. But both I know both me and Kira have gone through like coaching, which yeah. with yeah. individual STEM professionals like yourself, um, and we've also seen. What happens when when they have no idea? Um, oh, which yes. is <laughs> yes. did and you notice so she great. looked in my direction when she said? <laughs> no, I did not look in your direction. The guy Nigel was there at Funston. <laughs> um, your pictures were amazing, so don't worry, it was fine. Yeah. Um, but no, we actually had a specific instance where at Kira's program at Woodson, we had a STEM professional come in, and she was very adept in like what she had brought. But um, she brought worksheets <laughs> and the girls were sitting and and on, to add, you know, accident to injury, like uh, our board member was there on oh, that day. Yeah. So there was, Wonderful. yeah, there was a little bit of a rough patch there. Um, but it is, there is some coaching that goes in and Kira can give a little bit more specifics as far as how that co- coaching currently goes. Um, I know when I, when I was in um, Kira's position direct, dealing directly with STEM professionals, we did implement trainings, um, STEM professional trainings, where we went through some of the parts of the STEM, the, the scientist toolkit and an example activity, um, to kind of like talk about what's the girls that you're going to be talking to and working with and what, you know, how to get their attention and how to engage them in the activity and really explain to them in very, you know, basic layman's terms, like what it is you do to help them understand not only what you do, but the the outside connections with that. Sure. We're yeah. hoping um, with my work with our, our board program committee to implement those once again next fall. Uh, we have a new kind of setup for programming that gives us that time um, yeah. to really help. But Kira can kind of go over some coaching that she currently does uh, with STEM professionals. Yeah. Um, when I like reached out to everyone and everything like that, I definitely followed up. Like I'm the follow-up queen. Like I will definitely flood your email. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no joke. Um, so I will def- so I definitely just like make sure that they kind of understand what the outline um, is, like what that entails and things like that. Um, and I also um, connect them with our facilitators because my big thing is like always making sure it's a community that everybody feels mm-hmm. involved, um, that is involved in program. And so I did have um, one STEM professional, and she never uh, taught um, in a classroom or anything like that, but she was really, really like eager to be a part of it. So I definitely worked with her. Um, I personally like did research and said, hey, this is you know the type of topic you're trying to teach the children. This is kind of the uh, activity that you could think of and things like that and just gave her those like tools instead of um, um, just having giving her an idea and then also let her know like, well, they've also went over this. These are kind of activities that we have done already. So it kind of gives them an idea. But she uh, create what is it? the Newton's Cradle? Oh, she created yeah, right. She created that for the oh. right. They had to make their own in the classroom, and it was really really cool. Yeah. And they well, loved it. What was great about that was like it involved like she was very innovative in what she does. Yeah. She works with astrophysics, so right. you know clearly like Newton, you think of physics immediately. Mm-hmm. But like she just gave them very basic um, 
supplies and they had to make their own. Right. So now you're you're involving engineering with mm-hmm. this this mm-hmm. physics based activity and it was pretty incredible. Yeah, I know uh, Kira saw it at Ariel, mm-hmm. one of our schools yeah. um, in Kenwood, and I I had the opportunity to see her work um, at Woodson in Bronzeville, and it was she even said she was like wow like these girls could you know they're in such close neighborhoods but like they went it went at it a diff- mm-hmm. totally different way and yeah. they went had different problems. It's and, really yeah, it's it really was, interesting. Yeah, and that's what we've tried to start to do is really involve like the engineering design process yeah. in it, mm-hmm. you know, and especially yeah. that I think it's a great way to teach the youth like if you fail that's okay like yeah, you're, that's a part you of you learn something yeah. from it and that's how scientists and and, techni- and uh, technicians and engineers do their work. Exactly. Um, is there is a failure aspect? I mean, yeah. Edison failed how twelve hundred times to find yeah. the light bulb. Like yeah. so, it's it, those are kind of really good lessons for the girls. Not only you know STEM based, but you know very much in our programs we have those life based lessons mm-hmm. right. of yeah. understanding that you can fail and learn from it and keep moving even if it's in another direction. Um, yeah. right. and you know confidence building things right. like no, that. No, yeah. I mean that's I wish... perfect example as a as a scientist. Your hypothesis is an assumption. Yes, you know you can prove yourself right or you can prove yourself wrong, but you can't. You know, you can't mush the science, you know, you Mm -hmm. have to do the process correctly. Right. And that's one of the biggest problems, at least for me as a a past in-classroom educator, like with education today in the classroom, they have tests, like standardized Mm -hmm. tests, and it's all focused on these tests. Mm -hmm. So their answer, if it's wrong, is wrong. And that's bad. You know, like there's no opportunity for these kids to learn. Right. that it's okay, like I get it on tests as a different situation, but there's no other opportunities like we're able to provide um, in the classroom that um, they can learn like it's okay to fail and you just learn from it and then you you learn a different path. So, so many of these kids get very discouraged very quickly Mm -hmm. um, and that's a big hurdle that I know Kira as a facilitator has faced and our facilitators do face is like teaching them that, teaching them it's okay, it's not a big deal Um, and now you can just figure out how to do it a different way and it's going to work just as well. Yeah, I mean, um, I feel like there are a lot of resources for gifted students. Mm. And I think there's a real gap for for average students. Yeah. Now, um, do you... What what is your recruitment process like for students, and is there any sort of vetting you do for them? Um, I mean, it's it's a little bit different. I can talk a little bit about our middle school programs, and Kira is very much involved in the recruitment for our high school programs because okay. it is a little bit yeah. different mm-hmm. based on um, the funding and the structure of the program yeah. itself. So for middle school, um, to answer your question, Juanita, there is no vetting. Like there is really like uh, at the initial idea, mm-hmm. we take recommendations from teachers. You know these kids, but like honestly, we want everyone. From that student that is just curious and is maybe getting a C mm-hmm. in science, mm-hmm. but really wants, you know, maybe is is bored yeah. with the, yeah. the regular science class right. and wants something different, or is just bored with school in general and mm-hmm. wants to experience a type of education like that won't make them sit there and listen for an hour and a half. Um, you know, so very much there. And then there, you know, there's some situations where we also have to consider behavior Mm -hmm. um, and things like that, but which may be the very minor vetting process that happens because we also have to have respect for our STEM facilitators who usually Mm -hmm. come out of college Mm -hmm. or come out of just recently graduated college Mm -hmm. with very little kind of teaching training and experience. So like we don't want to overwhelm them. Um, Mm -hmm. But at the same time, we know that some of those kids that act out and maybe Mm -hmm. behavior problems in the classroom maybe exist 
exactly the kind of kids that need this kind of program yeah. um, to show that they have adult mentors, you know, in their facilitator, in the right. professionals that care about them because maybe they're not getting that um, from their current educational situation. Um, so for middle school, it is a little bit more varied. Um, mm-hmm. And we really just want those boys and girls that like want to get their hands dirty or just want to be curious about something or maybe just want a different experience. So as far as the vetting thing, it's very, very minor. Um, But our high school is kind of a different, a little bit of a different story. Yeah. So um, with our high school programs, we have three of them. So we have environment adventures, forensic investigators, and then science giants. Um, We have these programs partnered with After School Matters. So Mm -hmm. they have a setup where you are in the schools during lunchtime um, and you basically have your table and the kids are able to um, sign up. Um, and then we follow it up with a five, I would say five to seven minute phone interview. Mm-hmm. So understanding like, why are you, you know, why do you want to get involved? You know, you know, like, you know, what would you like to gain from this um, thing? Because they also get a stipend for these programs as well. So we want to make sure that they aren't just um, taking advantage of the situation, um, but also saying, oh, I actually really want to learn. Um, I have been interested, but I don't have an outlet or it's not provided in our school system that um, mm-hmm. to get that out there. So um, I I am uh, in the lunchroom. <laughs> I'm going each, to each table like, hey, guys, how's it going? Here you go. Look at this flyer. And they're like, oh, who is this chick? So I'm like, yeah, <laughs> come to my table. And I can tell you, tell you all about the program. Um, and, th- and then, like, I try to let them know, like, we definitely provide field trips. So I definitely am more involved with, like, getting to know the students um, for the um, high school programs, I should say, because it's really them choosing and not necessarily, oh, this is a list here and then I'll just like meet you at program so the high school programs so Austin is one of the high schools yes. correct what are the other high schools so um Austin has the environment of interest program um okay. Al Ray B high school so right across the street from Garfield Park Conservatory that's okay. where our science giants is held awesome. and then forensic investigators is held at Phoenix Military Academy okay. so I want to say like two blocks from Crane or, yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> it's like technically like the near west side right. yeah. like the neighborhood yeah. I know it gets a little fishy around the United Center as far as right, right, right. neighborhoods and such and what's actually the west side what's the west loop right. <laughs> yeah yeah it's a conversation for another time <laughs> So yeah. I'll just be the West Side, right? I mean, like, you know. But right, yeah. This is showing my age, so. <laughs> so. Yeah, so, so, you know, um, on Friday I had a conversation with a, with a high school, um, a charter school college counselor, and we talked about how um, she was uh, – she was very interested in kind of going back to school and thinking about engineering. And so we had this great conversation about how, you know, um, she always thought of herself as crafty, you know, and this, <laughs> this like women are considered crafty and, yes. and boys are considered, you know, tinkers and, and makers and builders. And, um, and she thought, well, you know, if she would have kind of stepped back from that, she probably would have pursued engineering earlier. Mm-hmm. And um, and I love like you t- you guys talking about um, you know that incorporating engineering and building and and uh, into into the curriculum. I mean, even I was talking to her too about about how much in design we design things that are will never be built, and we know that. And there's this expectation that you're going to be putting in some time, investing time, and mm-hmm. that may not be built into anything and how um and how do you communicate that to kids and as part of 
the design process. Yeah. You know, that you the these iterations that keep coming back and this um getting feedback. And so um because she, she said she herself kind of struggled with that as an adult and mm-hmm. how there are just some professions that you just expect that. Like right. those of us in the building <clears throat> right. space, like we expect to to kind of work on stuff that won't yeah. actually happen. Yeah, a couple of different process. versions of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, and the, the bidding process especially. Like, you know, you, I can't tell you how many proposals we write, send out, and then mm-hmm. just, you know, go out into the ether. Kiara, what do you think? Yeah, about and uh, I know when me and Juanita, we were at Orozco in the Pilsen area. And so, yeah. like, and so a couple of, it was just so funny because me and Juanita were amazed. Um, <laughs> two of the girls, they were saying, oh, yeah, well, I just created something, you know, just for my personal benefit. Um, one of the girls, um, Karina, she made, she took a glue stick. And oh. She. <laughs> <laughs> and right, she took the, you know, the glue, man. of course, out, and she put candy in it. And so it's like her little, like, just candy capsule. And we're like, you could sell this. Like, what are you talking about? And then um, our That's other, amazing. yeah, and then one of our other girls, um, Kayla, she made like a, I want to say like a cell phone holder out of a notebook, but like kind of like where she could hold her cell phone um, inside a book. She like she cut out the pages. She made sure like each page was like oh st- right starting <laughs> up right. But so it was she wouldn't like, have to turn in her cell phone. Like she still yeah, probably it was, but it was just like how you are in like fifth, sixth grade and you're thinking about this stuff and me and Juanita are like, we are amazed because I didn't think about this like at all when we were little. So yes, so touching base on like, you don't think like you are like creating something, you are investing time in like engineering something and design building and stuff like that. And that's very important for the girls to actually understand like it's there. Like don't think that, oh, I'm just doing it for myself. Like, no, this is how huge ideas get started, you know. Well, I think the difference between calling girls crafty and men and boys like, you know, builders or, you know, I think that causes a big difference because crafty is not always a career. Like that's like in in realization. I know there's Etsy and I'm I'm a scrapbooker and things like that. But so I have a lot lot of respect for crafters and they do make things. But like it's not it's not as it's not a career like in Mm. the way an engineering is a career, you know, and like. People are very fast to give Legos to boys, and yeah. I'm just I, love I have Legos. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> even certain types of Legos. You know, yeah. like I have a, yeah. I have twin nine year olds, and you know, people like I'll go to get them Legos because they love Legos, and yeah. I'll mm-hmm. see like the girls Legos, or right. oh, you can make a flower or yes. a horseshoe, right. no. but like the boys Legos <laughs> are like here, you can make the Death Star, or, right. you know what I'm saying? Like you know, it's all these elaborate things that the boys um, Legos sets can make, but. Yeah. You know, the girls are like, here, make a, you know, make a star. Right. And make make it pink. Right? (laughs) (laughs) One heater. That was my next thing. I was like, and they're all pink, purple, and white. Exactly right. (laughs) Because those are colors girls are supposed to, you know, and that's a whole other conversation. But I think it does change the mindset of girls and and their ability to think, I am an engineer. By simply making, like, a a pocket candy thing. Yeah. Like, she she engineered that. And, like, Adding that verb, I think, opens up the possibility of like, I could build and make products for a living. Yeah, exactly. I think that conversation design, yes. changes yeah. their mindset, and I think that's one of the biggest problems that girls, especially in mm-hmm. STEM, because it is you know besides the the racial diversity, of course, but like the gender bias that happens yeah. exactly. with yep. STEM careers is such a huge problem, and it goes down to literally just what you say right. and mm-hmm. the simple fact of. Oh, you're crafty. It's like to a girl that's confident and and has leadership skills, 
You call her bossy. That's yeah. an insult. Like yeah. that's, yeah. you know, and that's, I think it's in the way that we speak to them. Exactly. And very much so. And that's what we try to really do with our girls is like, and our boys, of course, um, really get them to understand like sure. doing something as simple as that. You're an engineer. You just engineered something. Yeah. Right. Like that's how every single product in our world had got made is because somebody just thought, hey, I don't want to use candles in a fixed light fixture anymore. I want to create something more consistent. And then we got a light bulb. So it's, you know, it's just such a different way you speak to them. And we try really, really hard to remember that yeah. Um, yeah. when we speak to our girls and use right. very positive connotation, very positive language with them, um, because that is so detrimental to their mindset. Right. Right. You know, activity could change their day, but language can, like, change their mindset forever. Yeah, yeah I love that. That's a really, that's yeah, a that's really, a good, really point. good point. Yeah, that's a really good point, yeah. Um, <clears throat> do you guys, so PE's been around since uh, 1999. Yeah. Do you guys have a do you track or keep in touch with any of um, the students that have gone through the program and finished high school or college? Or so cetera, we would love to. Um, yeah. I mean, as, as a small nonprofit, right. I, I find Unfortunately, I'm sure it's you're hard. looking at our program team. Okay, and of course, was, with know, the with okay. the you know support of our amazing executive director Natasha Smith Walker and our operations assistant um, Latanya Jackson Shine that are back at the office, they they're great supports. But um, Kira is that day to day face person with the, with the curriculum and the facilitators, and then I run the more administrative side. So we are our program team. Sure. I would love to do that. We tried two years ago in our our first year working with PE to do an alumni event um, but it got very difficult to like connect with them we had yeah. a great group show up it was about 15 but we were hoping for like 50 you know yeah. like something like that so yeah. um, there they is have one walk in the office just oh justice was, yeah really there are some that have kept in yeah. touch very closely awesome. with the organization um, justice uh Peoples, I think is his yeah. last name. Mm -hmm. He's come in and like investigated on their own. So I, I do. We welcome them. Like right. there's, sure. there is no way that I would never like have somebody. Um, but like they, we just, we don't know how to reach out to them. We yeah. would love for them to reach back. Yeah. That I think that would make our jobs a lot easier to get them involved. Is for mm -hmm. them to like reach out and say, hey, I would love to see what PE's doing today. This, you know, today and and or see what they're they're up to. Um, we would love that, but currently we don't have the capacity to track them sure. because I. I think like that would be amazing to be able to tell funders, well, 50% of our people in project exploration are more likely to graduate college mm -hmm. because they participate in our programs. Mm -hmm. That's a very <laughs> powerful impact. That's exactly. extremely right. powerful. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, we are not capable. Okay. Um, like I said, like Kira mentioned, we have alumni that have come back. Um, one sure. of our facilitators that started the year that Kira started, um, Eugenia Ruiz, she is a previous PE um, oh, wow. okay. member. She's been a junior, junior paleontologist. Her sister was one of the like founding members, uh, you know, founding class of mm -hmm. science giants, I think, when mm -hmm. they were tour guides at the Field Museum. Um, so, like, she came back and, and was a facilitator for two years, okay. which was very exciting. Um, and now she's off it for a master's in social work because of some of her work that she did with our girls in Logan wow. Square, wow. which is very exciting. Um, I, I had, when I was at Perspective Charter School, we had um, Sister for Science at my school. So wow. I saw some of my students interact with that program. Sure. Um, and because I had such a great relationship with my senior environmental class, have kept in touch with uh, Shelby Green, who, because of a combination of my environmental class and perspective and a 
project exploration, she's working in environmental studies at the University of Illinois at Springfield right now. Yeah. Okay. Um, and actually, she we're, we're in the uh, midst of starting to interview, but she has interest in coming back to be a facilitator for the summer. Awesome. So there's really great instances where they have come back to visit, but it is on their their sure. own accord. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. I would love to go through paperwork and track um, and see what some of them are up to now. Yeah. I do know one is from the the event that we had two years ago is a lawyer looking into environmental policy. So and like and, and which is very and because she knew she wanted to be a lawyer, but because of her work with Project Exploration, she got a an affinity for science, mm-hmm. which was very cool. Yeah. yeah, that is very cool. Yeah, I also wonder what sort of even impact. I'm, I imagine you don't have access to that, but even their their grades um, of current program yes. members. I mean, I imagine that there are times when, you know, that can, you know, being able to make those connections. Mm-hmm. And um, bridging those gaps in in understanding can really can really help. Yeah, yeah, and we actually on our current intake form we do ask for permission for to like ask their teachers about their grades from their parents, and usually it's always a yes. Um, but again, it's a you know level of yeah. capacity and sure. time yeah. we don't have time to follow up. But again, mm-hmm. that would be yeah. a great impact to tell funders like our girls' grades across the board because we do try to teach that confident mm-hmm. you can be smart in any class sure. right. we just as project exploration um, you know focus on the STEM fields yeah. um, that would be an awesome impact to share with our, our funders it's it's like in the plans but sure. until we increase yeah. and I have you know three more Kira's because Kira does three jobs as it is <laughs> um, you know they it's it's not a, it's not a current reality with our current capacity but sure. those yeah. are those are two both the alumni and the current tracking that right. we would love to do. Right. But, I mean, I understand it is the challenge of being a nonprofit organization. Right. You know, yeah. And then especially being so mission-driven, <clears throat> being a, you know, to a certain extent, being a neighborhood-level or grassroots-level organization. You know, so it's more um, mission, more, uh, you know, you're putting a lot more time and effort into uh, the the out, the output of the work as opposed to tracking, you know, um, tracking results so that you can, you know, go back to a funder. You're like, hey, all our time is spent on dealing with these kids and preparing right. for these kids as opposed right. to dealing with the funders. Right. So I, I understand it. I've yeah. seen it plenty of times. Yeah. So, um, but one thing I, you know, one thing I was really interested in, is, or one thing that I really appreciate is the um, attention to, you know, girl, um, women in science. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, mm-hmm. again, father of two girls. Like, yeah. you know, I see how they're being pushed away from the sciences right. or being, being pushed away from engineering and, you know, with them ha- growing up with me in the house, you know, and like, you know, their mom's a teacher. They, they're exposed to science. They're exposed to engineering on a regular basis. And I, you know, like, especially my older girl, she's really taken an interest in engineering, yeah. you know, but <clears throat> they're also getting to the age where, you know, young ladies are pushed away from the sciences and the math and mathematics. And it seems like, you know, to me from the outside looking in, uh, PE really focuses on trying to bring that interest, but also looking at, you know, underserved communities. You know, mm-hmm. you don't have a lot of scientists, you don't have a lot of engineers. So, right. you know, like some of, some of the work introducing the facilitators, if I understand correctly, you know, I, I, I understand obviously, but I'm just saying for, for the <laughs> listener, I'm taking a place of the listener here. So, like, you try and find professionals in those fields mm-hmm. to come in, talk to. Right. 
the yeah, so um, our, we really want the facilitators to not only be, so that's, I guess, kind of why we uh, look for recent graduates or college uh, students, because they can be more relatable to a middle school st- uh, student, mm-hmm. um, just so that if they do have a question just about, like, life in general, she's like, look, I'm still in school. Like, yeah. you know, I'm still trying to figure it out. So you don't have to, like, have it all and just try to, like, yeah. break that connection. And then STEM professionals, um, we definitely want to um, connect that uh gap for the facilitator like okay you're in school this is a career that you probably you know didn't know about Mm -hmm. and then the middle school and the facilitator can all learn at the same time um and so we really appreciate that and so i know um when katrina when she came to visit um the girls were like oh my gosh you know fizzes you are so pretty so (laughs) 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 and they were just like you can look like that like you don't have to you don't have a lab coat or you don't have a suit and tie you know as a scientist like no yeah you can dress however you know you want it's about like the passion that you have for a certain topic she did wear a NASA shirt when she went to (laughs) work I loved it so much I was like yes (laughs) but yeah so like uh, definitely trying to bridge that gap and letting them know that um, you can definitely come from where you know whatever community you come from, you can, like, get get out of there and actually, like, make something of yourself and not think that you are just stuck in this box like, yeah. by yourself. Yeah. Very cool. I think that touches on the pretty and smart thing, too. Right. Yeah. That we do have another, which, you know, goes with the struggle for girls in general. Is, yeah. Like, they think you can only be one thing because that's exactly. the one. And it, it whatever you're focused on, if you're smart, well, then you can't be pretty. Right. So, like, if someone says they're a scientist and you haven't met them yet, there's, like, yeah. an automatic assumption that they're, like, not a, you know, supermodel. Right. And yeah. then <laughs> if you're pretty, like, you can't be smart. You know, it goes with that, like, blondes are dumps you know things yeah. that are all so ridiculous right um yeah. but yeah i think that's funny that they like actually they, yeah, say, they it. Said, they say that every time they so. say that and then you, like, you have to like remind them yes you can be both you can be both you can have great hair and be really smart so what um what's uh what's new and exciting coming up for a pe um, so we actually are starting another – so one of our biggest partners is After School Matters, that mm-hmm. they provide um, a funding and a, a administrative support for our high school programs. So coming up this summer, we have um, a new Explore Technology program that – it's new, but it, we're doing it in a new way, but it's kind of like bringing back something old. So um, After School Matters has given us uh, Back of the Yards. That's the one that we're doing in Back of the Yards with our amazing partner, uh, Luis Bermundez at the Resurrection Project. Um, and Resurrection we're going to be. Resurrection is so active. Yes. They're doing a lot of great work. Yeah. Yes, he's done a lot of great work. And they've really given him a very, a very difficult task of building up Back of the Yards neighborhood because it is a very overlooked neighborhood as yeah. far as mm-hmm. enrichment for the students. Mm-hmm. So he has this great community center. He's been doing amazing work for the past year. Um, so he's given us that space to do at, um, it's, he calls it Casa Hidalgo. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they'll. Uh, they're going to be doing a program that we used to do called 1080. So like 10 and then the the number 80. Um, it's the it's a great company and they're going to be learning engineering through um, working on like model cars. Oh wow! Um, and okay. then there's this whole aspect of like marketing and and uh, graphic design and all these kinds of things. So we are very excited to to partner again with 1080 and then bring back this great program, um, which actually goes back to the alumni question because we have an alumni from the 1080 program that went to Gage Park High School. Um, we placed first regionally, and we got to send him and his team to Houston, Texas for the national wow. championship, um, which was super fun. I got to go with. Um, <laughs> and um, he actually ended up going to IIT here wow. in Chicago. So he's reached out before, and I we've stayed in contact. So he... 
um, has has expressed interest in because he's done 1080 in being the facilitator. Oh, uh, that's yeah. cool. Yeah. Which is very exciting. Make it an all one big loop. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but outside of programming, um, we have we do have some events coming up as well. Yeah. So um, we do have a fundraiser coming up, Going Green for PE. Um, it will be April 24th. Um, it will be at Half Acre a Brewery. Yeah. Yes. So, um, it, like in relation to Earth Day. Right. Um, since that's on the yes. 22nd. So, you know, a nice little euphemism of our slogan, going green <laughs> yeah. environmentally. Yeah. Also, because we need fundraising some money. <laughs> <laughs> and we also have, um, so every year we have a year showcase called uh, Reflections of Knowledge. And so that basically gives a chance for our um middle school students to present an activity that really like caught their eye or really caught their interest and presented to family, friends, um, board members, like anyone is invited and STEM professionals that have visited. Um, so that, that gives them that confidence, the public speaking skills and also saying, I'm a scientist because I know how to do this, you know. Yeah. Um, so we have that going on. That'll be May 20th. May 19th. May 19th, yes. Uh, in the evening, Sorry. probably starting around 5.30. And uh, our amazing new partners at the James Dyson Foundation yes. are going to be hosting us at their offices. Oh, right. Like the vacuums? Uh, yes. yes, like the oh, vacuums. Exactly. Oh, yes, and very, apparently very cool hair dryers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You guys received the one of the Dyson Foundation grants? No, um, they, they have curriculum. They oh, okay. have so they have things called the Ideas Box um, and an engineer curriculum that they call Design Build Test. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, that it's a ten week curriculum. Um, we went to the training with our facilitators for one evening, and they went through. We got to like break apart a vacuum head cool. and like talk <laughs> about really cool videos <laughs> and learn about what their engineers do and like their plastic specialists, which is something I never knew existed. Right? Yeah. Um, and they so they're really amazing partners for that curriculum, and we are currently implementing that at our Brothers for Science program right awesome. now mm-hmm. um, with our facilitator Nigel Ray that you've met. Okay. Uh, yeah. Brian and so. Um, um, they are just really amazing, just kind of support partners right now. So uh, no funding is associated, but right. they, but you know. But having that curriculum in places. But they, right. yeah, I've they, seen some of the curriculum that they have, and it's been used. You know, I know organizations that use it in element, on the elementary school level or yes. postgraduate level. Yes. You know, so yeah. awesome Their curriculum, curriculum awesome is amazing, resources. and it's really inspiring to hear, like, the story of James Dyson and, like, how many things he went through to, like, just create one part of yeah. this, yeah. you know, his vacuum and then all the things that their engineers do now to create like this no tangle vacuum head and it's really inspiring for the kids because he is such a successful man with a you know a company that is his he actually isn't even the CEO of his company he wants to stay head engineer because that's what his true passion is for Um, so it's very I love learning about these corporate foundations because the stories behind why these big corporations have these foundations is really um, inspiring one of the reasons that this company focuses in Chicago is because Sears was one of the first U.S. purchasers of his vacuums to sell oh. in store. So he very much is like, that's one of the reasons that one of their headquarters is here in Chicago. Um, and their team, Bailey Lauer and Jenna Blanton are like amazing. Wow. They help us um, with the curriculum. There's like, they gave us all this supplies, special screwdrivers, and all of it gets sent out on just a simple promise of sending it back um, mm-hmm. using the curriculum for 10 weeks. Uh, right now it's a, cur- a pilot program. Yep. So Nigel reports back every week with feedback, what he did, how many kids were there just so they can track on their cool. side and um, but it's a really very pleasant partnership and I, we look forward to working with them even more and um, our sisters facilitators really want to yeah. do that um, we're so looking we into doing it that. for next fall mm-hmm. right um, to kind of switch up Sisters for Science a little bit, which is what's great about that program. It gives us freedom to, if we see a great curriculum, we've done an environmental curriculum from Chicago Botanic Garden and Logan Square at Sisters, yeah. and 
the freedom of that program lets us bring whatever we'd like. So it's very exciting. Yeah. Very cool. So um, are there any other? So and obviously with, a, with it being a nonprofit, there's always the struggle of, you know, trying to find funding. But sure. I would imagine with you having, you know, with you being so busy working, you know, developing programs, developing curricula, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. What are some of the other, like, what are some of the other challenges that you face and what can, you know, our listeners do to help? Like, obviously, go to PE's website and make a donation would be great. That would, well, always yeah. amazing. Yes. Um, that's um, also where you can find tickets for the for the event that Kira mentioned in April. Um, and just, you know, a little, <laughs> another little plug for that. Sure, it's sure. $50, but it's uh, three hours of unlimited drinks, which they have amazing craft beer, and there's yes, also coffee and yes. soda available. Um, there's also an option of a brewery tour, which I think is always really neat to see. Um, and then everybody goes home with a souvenir glass, which is really fun. Um, and then we'll have some like heavy appetizers. So we're looking at like some sandwiches or something like that. Yeah. Um, as far as the event goes. So, but, um, donating is always fantastic, you know, even on an individual basis, it's really helpful, um, to, to just our general operations. But I know for me, one of my biggest challenges is working uh, with community partners sometimes and just like getting on Mm -hmm. the same page, making sure sure that we understand our commitment to each other. You know, we have amazing partners and it's not usually a giant challenge, but just working with other professionals is always a challenge with schedules. And Mm -hmm. we all have, you know, my priorities, project exploration, number one, it's, you know, in that if I, you know, something with, if I have partnerships that require things that shifts around the priorities. Um, I know we all have those issues. Um, Right. So maybe at, um, maybe some of our uh, listeners could volunteer. That would be really amazing. To, um, yeah. Either in the office or volunteer as um, as a, a facilitator, yeah, as a yeah, STEM professional. Yes. Absolutely. And then also, um, I know we really want to expand our horizons with field trips. Um, okay. Just taking yes. um, the students to places that, like, you know, everyone has heard of, you know, the Museum of Science and Industry, sure. Field Museum, and things like that. And we love, like, going to those places. Don't get me wrong. Sure. But, like, just to, like, open their minds. Because I remember when we took them to the Northwestern um, Hospital and they got to hold a human brain. They were like, oh, my goodness, I've right. never, like, done this before. So something like something out of the box or just a new experience for the students absolutely sure. so if anyone is like oh I would love to bring kids um, to my facility understand what we do mm-hmm. and things like that that's also a great help and okay. we appreciate that as well yeah okay. and we're happy to work through you know if there's someone listening that you know thinks oh hey maybe we could figure out something but I wouldn't know how that looks Right. we're more than happy to work with them to see like what we could work out for sure. our kids yeah. and still making sure that it's like interactive but really so they can see you know the everyday life of that like, particular corporate exists, environment like, is out here for you. Yeah, would, exactly. That it exists and it's an option for them. Mm-hmm. How can they get? In, um, how can the listeners get in touch with you? Uh, so our PE website is great, um, but I know both Kier and I are very active on mm-hmm. email. Okay. Um, so and our op- our office phone is always on too. Um, but. Uh, should we just share our emails? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you feel comfortable doing it, um, oh, yeah. share the website. Oh, yeah. P, um, website. Again, my follow-up game on, is You strong. guys are. <laughs> yeah, you're on it. You guys on Facebook, Twitter, all that good stuff, Yeah, right? so we're yeah. Project okay. Exploration on Facebook, um, okay. at Proj, P-R-O-J, Explore, E-X-P-L-O-R-E, on both Twitter and Instagram. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, our website is www.projectexploration.org, all mm-hmm. spelled out. Mm-hmm. Um, our emails are as simple as J Carmichael, C-A-R-M-I-C-H-A-E-L, at projectexploration.org. And, and mine is K-B-Y-R-D at projectexploration.org. Right. Those are probably the easiest ways to get in touch with right. us. For sure. I would focus cool. on the email. Yeah, it goes the direct to my messages phone, on Facebook. So I, I got what we want. at all times. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, cool. Um, anything else that you guys want to share, or 
Thanks for having us. Yes, this yeah. is, cool. this is my first awesome. podcast. Yeah. So I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, this is fantastic. So I really appreciate us. it. I'm yeah. sure. Oh, I was saying thank you very much. I really appreciate you joining us. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, did we have a Dusabling moment? Yes. Yes, um, Let's talk about. Um, I, we should probably. This is probably the one consistent thing. We should probably tell like, tell the audience what Dusabling yeah, is. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we can't help talking about Dusabling without you know uh, mentioning Columbusing, which is you know. Um, when something gets uh, kind of culturally appropriated or taken from an adi- indigenous group. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, starting with Dusabo, Jean-Baptiste Dusabel, our founder of Chicago, um, we call Dusabling the act of taking it back and reclaiming something that was taken from an indigenous group. Yeah. Um, so with that in mind... Um, do you guys have an instance of dusabling or something that should be dusabled? So many. Sorry <laughs> <laughs> um, to put you guys on the right. spot. I know. <laughs> I like, trying to, like, to give you some time to try, think right, about it. Right, trying to narrow it did down. You, did you have something, Brian? Um, yeah, yeah, give us an example. Yeah, so no, urban, I think that would hurt. You know, urban agriculture is always one that, that's... Um, uh, that's a hot topic, you know, especially in the Chicago area. There's a lot of urban agriculture. So, um, you know, uh, I I had a testy conversation with a um, friend of mine. You're like, again, I've got, you know, like, I don't know what it is about Missouri. We seem to have quite a bit of uh, reach in the Missouri area. But, um, you know, a person from Missouri got at me on Twitter and was um, somehow or another was telling me about um, Representative uh, Sonia Harper's um, the, the the urban agriculture mm-hmm. zones. I forget mm-hmm. the exact legislation that's um been pa- that she's pushing specifically to support like Inglewood and the area that mm-hmm. she represents um to be more supportive of urban agriculture in those areas. And so you know, uh, Inglewood is an area that's it's it's about to gentrify. They're mm-hmm. coming for Inglewood. Mm-hmm. But so yeah. the the thought behind it is that um this legislation will. Um, if you're an urban agriculturalist, you know, and there's some there's some qualifying factors. Um, your uh, you know your property taxes will be um, frozen at a certain, at the current rate, and then um, you'll have uh, uh, um, discounts on your um, on your water bill, et cetera, et cetera. Right. So you know, like that's her. I think that's her attempt at trying to you know do sable urban agriculture and bring it back. You know, because yeah. if you think back, like you know, years and years ago, like my grandparents, their you know, my grandparents, they were they were first settlers in Inglewood, like mm-hmm. the, some of the first black folks in Inglewood, and they were you know they were urban agriculturalists. They didn't even call it that. They just right. hey, I got a back, I got a garden in my backyard. Mm-hmm. Hey, I need a tomato. Bryant, go grab that tomato. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so like it, it was very different um, back then as opposed to now. So I really think um, that's kind of in a roundabout way. You know, Rep- Representative Harper's uh, opportunity or attempt yeah. at trying to do sable urban agriculture. Mm-hmm. You know, like so that's that's uh, like take that's it back mine. to its roots. Exactly right. right. Yeah. 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 yeah, no pun intended. Right. With right. The roots. <laughs> <laughs> got you. Yeah. So you got one, Juanita. What do you mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, I meant to bring this up uh, last time we were together, but um, we posted that uh, Fred Douglas Park. Mm. Um, story that made it on NPR right. that they were trying to figure out who the namesake was of Fred Douglas, Douglas Park. Park. <laughs> and this, Fred Douglas Park is in, if I remember properly, it's in Tennessee. Nashville. Nashville, Tennessee. Yeah. yeah. So 
that same so that was from Code Switch mm-hmm. on um on NPR's Code Switch and they do it they put it out as a podcast. That's the second time they've done a story like after we've talked about it on our on our show. <laughs> I'm not saying <laughs> I'm just saying because we did the Allies episode too, and yeah. then lo and behold, they have an Allies episode. But I'm sorry to cut you <laughs> off. What do you well, mean? you know, it, and that's something that we, how, we talked about this week. Oh, this, well, hold on, since you mentioned this interesting, they have an African American male and a Hispanic woman on their podcast. I'm mm. just saying. I don't know what oh, that's sorry. Maybe just a coincidence. You know. <laughs> well, it, it's funny because we talked about this, like the environmental justice in the media. Like, there's really not a whole lot of, um, you know, uh, medium or media yeah. uh, in that space. And right. it, you know, trying to reach out and thinking about other. Other organizations, as we were kind of building out like our our podcast and and our Facebook page to follow them and see, you know, what the zeitgeist was in that space, and they're really just it's not. There's really not much there. Yeah. Um, it's been amazing, like listening to other podcasts that are kind of aligned in that space, like Code Switch and my favorite uh racist sandwich yeah yeah it's just those two really those are the only two that i've found so far you know yeah uh feel free to connect with us uh if uh or suggest um you know podcast listeners suggest other other um podcasts we'd love to hear about them yeah and even try and do a mashup podcast with them sometime you know um you can contact us at i'm at the story of b1 on twitter Juanita's at Juanita G, mm-hmm. and um, we're at Dusabling on uh, Facebook. I'm, just, I'm sorry, at at, um, at Dusabling on Twitter. We're on Facebook as the Shades of Green Chicago. Mm-hmm. Um, find us, like us, share us. We, you know, we need to get the numbers um, up. SoundCloud, we're yeah. Shades now of Green. Now on um, iTunes, right? Yeah, so we're on iTunes as uh, Shades of Green Chicago. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. And again, contact information for PE um, www.projectexploration.org, and yes. you can find. That's the source for all of the contact information and everything. Yep, from yeah. There. Yeah, so. you'd be able to find our information on there as well. Dusabling, have you come up with uh, well, thoughts? My head goes a little political, if that's okay. Oh, please. Wait, did you hear when Kyle was on? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Kyle was hilarious. Shout out to one of our stepsisters, <laughs> Kyle Reed. Yeah. We're friends. Uh, We're friends. We're friends. We're friends. We're friends. We're friends. We're friends. We're Ties, but I'm never going to tie it over to You guys are the man. Right? Project exploration. Yes. You know, like, hashtag girl boss. Um, so for me, you know, I'm very proud to be an educator. And it it was a, like, I was originally going to be a pharmacist and then switched. And, and it was the best decision ever. Like, it's taught me so many things. And it's, like, I, I think we need to take back what education means because, like, yes. we've brought in somewhat, like, our... Our government has brought in mm-hmm. a Department of Education leader that is a disgrace on the like in my opinion yeah. uh, on the word education. Yeah. And I'm very proud to see like a lot of my teacher friends like stand up and say like, no, like this is not acceptable. This is not okay. Like teachers are the the phrase mm-hmm. you know those who can't do teach needs to go away. And yeah. unfortunately, like who we've brought into our government to lead our country's education oh. is so disheartening yeah. and 
that, you know, we live in a city with one of the either the biggest or one of the biggest uh, school districts in mm-hmm. the country. And for our youth to see that that type of person is allowed to ascend to that type of position, let alone our the rest of our government, which I'll give you know, I digress. completely the wrong uh, message. Correct. Yeah. It's completely the wrong message yeah. to have some like I wouldn't have passed my elements of teaching class if I was asked the question, what's the difference between growth and proficiency? I wouldn't have passed a test in college Mm -hmm. at 18 if I was asked that question Mm -hmm. and someone is able to sidetrack that question. So I, I, I just am so proud of so many of my teacher friends, like standing up and being like, this is what education means. And whether it's like on Snapchat of your students learning or whether Mm -hmm. it's like on Facebook and supporting an article of this is really what we need in education and all the issues. And like so many of them, Mm -hmm. like taking a stand, like, I just think it's to me, like, you know, that's, that's what needs to happen as far as do sobbling for education. Because yeah. we're all so passionate about what we do, and this person is like teachers don't get enough respect in this country as it is. Yeah. Right. Now we're hiring someone that has no, no respect, respect for not only all. teachers, but let's talk about public school teachers. Mm-hmm. And you have LA, you have New York, you have Chicago, mm-hmm. giant school districts that need someone who understands that struggle. Right. And it's it's just so disheartening. So I think it's teachers are starting that movement to like yeah. take it back, which I think is very empowering. Yeah. No, I agree entirely. And I was you know I was just thinking about this to a certain extent. Like you know what happened here in Illinois with Ronner being our being the elected governor is exactly you know it's just a microcosm of what happened you know across the country like yes. with Trump being elected president. I mean, it's somebody is you know a very rich white man. And his, you know, his claim to fame is being a very rich white right man. man. And then he was elected. He has no experience in what he's doing. And look at the state of the state. You know what yeah. I mean? It's yes. a mess, an yeah. absolute mess. Yeah. Kiara, you look like you're um, about to Yeah, say so um, I want to do stop. I'll just bring back uh, what it means to be a woman. And then more importantly for me, um, what it means to be an African-American woman in society. Um, I think it's really important. I know when I was growing up, um, just like societal, like just stereotypes of like what a woman can accomplish, yeah. like by herself or like having to depend on someone else to do that. Um, yeah. So I am very big on women empowerment, um, especially just um, creating something of your own, understanding who you are as a person, yeah. um, and just being culturally aware of like where your ancestors came from and all that type of stuff. Um, so. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm so I'm definitely um on that. I joined this organization called Let's Vibe. Everybody um look them up. They're amazing. Um and they are are a design firm for specifically that for especially for our millennial generation. Like yeah. we, you know, we have a different mindset, but we definitely want to create something of our own, but we I think that we are more um I want to say inspired to take back things that have been taken um, from just like years and years from uh, like just different generations and different um, groups and things like that. So I'm very big on women empowerment and just making sure like you are, you know, a woman, you are a minority woman, you know, whatever that means. Um, And just like who you are as a person and how can you like stand up for what you're definitely passionate about. Very cool. Yeah. 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 Um, Juanita, did you have anything else that you wanted to add? You, you did no, hit your disabling moment. Yeah, you know? I've got that disabling moment in. <laughs> <laughs> any, you know, anything else you need to get off your chest? Any uh, any other issues, things on your mind? Um, not that I'd want to put on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
I'm going to have to learn some restraint because I just let it fly. Right? right? <laughs> yeah, clearly I listen. Right, listen. Right, listen. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, well, you know, it just, uh, well, I just have to say that, um, you know, I've been struggling with this um, process of being an entrepreneur lately. Like, it, I've, yeah. it's been a real struggle. Mm-hmm. Yes. And um, yeah. I have to say, like, or even just being entrepreneurial within an organization right. yeah. is right. a challenge. Um, you know, resources stretched. Like, you know, we all struggle, especially those of us that are so passionate about the things that we do. Yeah. But I have to say, like, it's been... Um, it l- lately it's been so much fun to spend time with the Project Exploration girls oh, and and like that's and, and Kyle really too and Kyle too <laughs> and, Kyle, and Kyle too. Um, yeah, it was just last week. Uh, you know, just having the opportunity to talk about like where plastics come from and the minerals in our cell phones and talk about the politics of of these conflict zones um, and these resources that we've been fighting over yeah. mm-hmm. um, and what that means. And uh, and then talking about nuclear energy in Illinois, I yeah. don't think these, these kids had any idea how much, how much of Illinois' right. power grid is in, in nuclear and, yeah. and how much, um, you know, our history in it. And I have to say like, that's been a lot of fun and it's been a, uh, spiritually recharging. Um, so thank you so much for as thank I'm you. I'm so glad to hear that. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And uh, you know, I feel especially as someone that is not at all likely to have any children of my own to have a legacy of being able to you know inspire yeah. uh, children and and talk about that. And one of the things that I did last week, which was big for me was talking about failure and talking about the fact that I had to take a math class three times before I passed it and I didn't think of myself as an engineer Mm -hmm. and especially with jaded high school students like I think they really responded to that and being vulnerable and and um being really honest about our struggles right and that most of us don't have a linear path to success because I remember in high school like I'd meet these adults that were successful and I'm like I'll I don't think I'll ever be that. Right. I yeah. I don't even see what they seem mm-hmm. to have already seen when they were in high school. Right. Yeah. I really enjoy spending time with middle school students and high school students, and especially students that are average. You know, having been labeled gifted early on, like that put a, way too much pressure on me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so thank you for you know for that for the things that you do the work that you do yeah like you don't see the impact right away i don't think you guys always get to see that impact right away but it is it's definitely there I yeah. yeah it's it's the long game and it's yeah. it's to have a real impact and seeing you know professionals that look like brian and myself and yeah. you know engineering or yeah. the building space like it yes. has to start at middle school right yeah. it does and even earlier is like yeah. our, yeah. our, our yeah. next act <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like yeah even no, earlier than that yeah and I, I i gotta double down with um what juanita said i don't spend i have not spent as much time around the students as she has but like to see the faces that they have you know the, the look on their faces when you know like at the end of the day and they have a project and 
it's like, oh, I made this, or right. you know, like yeah, how much, yeah. how interested they are in these events and yeah. um, people coming in, or sometimes just people spending a little extra time with them, you know, like it, it's it's really needed to them. And I, you know, I really think you guys are doing, you know, some amazing work and some really inspirational work. So, you know, anybody under the sound of the voice, of, you know, under the, <laughs> that is downloading this, SoundClouding yeah. it, or however you're consuming this, please www.projectexploration.org and please make a donation to the organization if you're. If you're available, April 22nd, please 24th. come. 24th. Yeah, April 24th. Yeah, yeah. Have, yeah. Have, have a couple okay. of craft beers. Right. Yes. Beers. And come learn. We'll have our facilitators here, our board members. Come learn all about our organization. Yeah. We're Because cool. cool. clearly we're very excited to tell people about yeah. it. And I think the next step, we'll have to try and get Natasha on the, yeah. on the episode, too. Yeah, I'd love too. to hear about Oh, she'd love that. She, she'd the yeah. start. Yes. Yeah. She loved the Kyle. Yeah, she was so excited. She wore a tie to work the next day. <laughs> awesome. So again, thanks for thanks so much for your time. And yeah. um, the, uh, on behalf of uh, you know uh, Shades of Green, Bryant Williams, and Juanita Garcia, signing out. Thank you guys. Thank, Thank you. you.